What's up, everyone? Welcome into another week of Locked On Bucks. And today we're talking about an old friend who's made the news. PJ Tucker opts out of his player option for the 2022-23 season with the Miami Heat. So what does that mean? Are the Bucks going to get involved? Certainly my Twitter feed suggests that they probably should. I'll also talk about Thanasis a little bit and uh, what is going on with Kyrie Irving. No one really ever knows, but we'll discuss that as well. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And we've got the trio back. We, we've we got uh, the superstar panel back. Uh, no offense to Frank. Uh, from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia from the Tech Foul Podcast and also uh, on this show every week as well, uh, Camille Davis. And guys, I, I mentioned that PJ Tucker will be on the agenda. We won't waste any time. We'll get straight into PJ Tucker after. I remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And you know, sometimes in the off season, you go through you can go through a trough. Maybe some people drop off the podcast where they're normally listening to. But one thing that gets the people back is the trades. And the free agent discussion podcast that me and Frank did last week. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. Um, some horrific trade ideas that came through on the YouTube comments. Um, also some pretty good, also some pretty good ideas and options as well, but we appreciate it all. Uh, but Camille, let me go to you first. So if I bring up the tweet here from our friend Chance, uh, so he's opted out of a $7.4 million player option for the 22-23 season. Uh, which does make him a free agent. Naturally, for a player like PJ Tucker, multiple contending teams are said to be interested in PJ Tucker, which makes perfect sense. Uh, what was your first thoughts when you saw this? Did not expect to see PJ Tucker opting out of seven hmm. point was seven point four million dollars uh, at this age and stage in his career. Like, of course, we saw again this year in Miami that he's a super valuable player. And in Miami, we saw him get the chance to kind of stretch himself a little bit more offensively um, and see him be used in ways that he was not used in Milwaukee. So I'm sure for PJ that was uh, something that was you know fun to be able to do instead of just sitting in the corner how uh you know he's primarily used in milwaukee but yeah i, w- I was shocked uh to see him opt out and i do understand that he is going to have a market i saw the 76ers as a team brought up that of course would be interested in pj tucker services um i saw that miami could sign him for a little bit more since they have his non-bird rights but I, again, still did not expect this to happen. And, of course, I can see why Bucks fans are like, well, maybe, you know, it's time to reunite. Maybe P.J. Tucker could come home. And <laughs> I don't know what's going on in P.J. Tucker's head right now. Um, but where he falls this offseason will be really interesting to see. Justin, were you uh, – because, I, again, 
And it's interesting. I saw someone tweet about this. They're like, well, it's draft week. And I figured that we were going to be here talking about the draft all week. We're all going to start to get excited about that. And here we are t- talking about one of the oldest players in a league that was drafted back in, I don't even know when it was, 2007, 2006, whenever it was. Uh, it was, it was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Was he drafted? Even I think he was a second he... round pick, didn't he? And then he, and then he washed out. Or was he undrafted? Not sure. Uh, you may be right. But either way, I was, uh, I was also surprised, but... Um... It doesn't rule out like I think your initial reaction to seeing it is holy cow, PJ Tucker's leaving Miami. It's not necessarily the case. I mean, it's it's we're gonna go through the same thing relatively soon here when we see, we think Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis opt out that people are gonna say, Wow, are they gonna leave too? So I was a little surprised that he opted out of it just because I assumed it was a good fit and he would stay in Miami. The money that he's leaving on the table, I mean, you could say, well, he's looking for a multi-year deal. It's just interesting because, uh, number one, there's not a whole lot of really, really good options out there. So the teams that do have the money that they can throw around, sure, they can throw that at P.J. Tucker, but those teams are not the type of team that I would think P.J. Tucker would go to. So he's basically looking at the same ballpark where the Bucks are, that I would assume it's going to be a mid-level exception or a taxpayer mid-level forum here where you're getting a one plus one. And maybe it's just a cycle with PJ Tucker where he's just going to do this over and over until he latches on again. I mean, it's wishful thinking to say, great, he can come back to the bucks. Now he can, it's going to cost him a lot in luxury tax. And, and, you know, if you read between the lines, that's basically the reason why PJ Tucker left last off season. Yeah, so Miami and our friends at uh, Locked On Heat did something, did a little little short grab about their reaction to this. Uh, I don't think that they were too surprised, actually. I, I think this is probably what they thought was going to happen. I, I think the most Miami can offer PJ Tucker is it's around three years, $27 million, which, by the way, if Miami wanted to go down the path of offering PJ Tucker three years, $27 million, I mean, to me, the man will be 40 by the time he gets to the end of the deal. It is... Uh, certainly getting to the stage of his career, and I wondered whether it would be this year, and I was surprised. He ended up playing 30 minutes a night, 71 games in the regular season, and for the most part held up pretty well. He looked like he was pretty banged up by the uh, by the conference finals. Everyone kind of is. We know he didn't really play much uh, at all in the, in the game seven, 17 minutes or whatever he played. So there is big question marks, I, th- I think, if you're a team, if you're offering him multi-year deal. But certainly for PJ, it does make sense that he's like, okay, like you said, Justin, he's like, well, I know that I'm getting close to the end here. If I can just give myself another player option next year. So if I am washed, <laughs> I'm going to opt in <laughs> and I'm going to collect my $9 million for the year after. So uh, from a, a purely business point of view, it makes a lot of sense, Camille. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely agree with that. Still was shocked to see it. I, mean, I was just thinking, like, you know, Miami is a perfect place to kind of end a career. You know, you're you're in South Beach. <laughs> I know that was one of his complaints that he had while he was here in Milwaukee, uh, driving through the snow and his, his supercar and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, it, PJ has made a career of betting on himself to a certain degree at this point. So to see him thinking about doing it again, as he's nearing the end of the career, it, it makes some sense here because he is going to be in high demand this season from any contender that can offer the MLE to him. So it's going to be his decision. He might not be able to make as much money, but if at this point in his career he's chasing rings more than anything else, then he's in a position to pick whatever spot 
seems like it'll be the best fit for him. And based on whatever the coaching staff and management is telling him about what his role will be, because I mean, that could be a key part of it as well. Maybe he was discontent a little bit at how the playoffs went towards the end where he only got 17 minutes in, in the last game. But that, again, that's speculation at this point. Don't know what's going on, what's going on in PJ's head, but um, him betting on himself at this stage, I'm not mad at it. I did say someone tweet, uh, PJ, just come back to Milwaukee. At least you know the best player isn't going to try and fight the coach, which I thought was I thought, <laughs> I, which I thought was a pretty good pitch. If you go back to the Jimmy Butler and Spolster stuff, and clearly that didn't pan out to be like whatever. It was nothing. Uh, but it was still very funny. But if you go back to watching that video, PJ, the way he was kind of just like sitting <laughs> on the bench, it looked like in his head he was thinking, what on earth is happening? Why am I in this situation? Why are these two about to fight on the middle of the court? But, uh, you know, they, they made it through. Justin, I want to ask you whether the Bucks should, because really the big question is here, if he does decide that he doesn't want to go back to Miami, as you said, there are a number of teams that, for the most part, can offer him similar money. Miami obviously can probably pay him the most of teams that think that they can contend. But we'll get into that. I'm going to ask you whether the Bucks should get him. But uh, one live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. Every show is going live on draft night. So join uh, me 15 minutes after the pick on Locked On Bucks on YouTube. Uh, people always ask, should we do a live show? I've been hesitant, mostly just because I don't trust the Australian internet. And really, <laughs> I've got no choice here. They, they want us to do these live shows, so I'm going to have to do it. And we'll see if it turns out to be a huge failure. But you should join me nonetheless. People will have opinions with whoever the Bucks pick, or maybe if they don't pick whatever they do. Uh, but join us on YouTube. Frank doesn't know about it yet, but I'll try to drag him on. Uh, likewise with you two. Nobody knows about this. This is the first time you're hearing about it. But subscribe now to Locked on Bucks uh, so you will know uh, when I go live. Uh, that's on YouTube. And don't forget about Bet Online, our sponsor of the show today. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which uh, may have been game three today. I think they're rolling through. But anyway, if you're into hockey, uh, Justin is actually our, our resident hockey expert here on Locked on Bucks. But Bet Online is a continued source for all the wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You got baseball, NFL's coming up. And by the way, I mentioned the NBA futures as well. So the Bucks, eight to one for the 2023. NBA Championship at betonline.net. So you can check it all out there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Justin. I'm glad you're still with us, actually, after I just sprung on you that... Uh, well, actually, you're doing your own draft show. I don't think you'll be available for Locked On Bucks. Um, well, it depends on the time. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, put me down for a TBD. But the, the mm. So PJ Tucker, mm. should the Bucks go after him is your question? Uh, yes, I think it's a pretty good question, uh, if I don't yeah, say yeah. so myself. <laughs> I, uh, I think absolutely. But uh, for me... I'm not willing to rule out the possibility that the taxpayer mid-level is used or part of it is used on retaining either Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton. So in an ideal world, you lock up both of those two guys, use the taxpayer on a guy like PJ Tucker, and you retain guys at, you know, that, that veterans mid-level or, or the veterans uh, minimum or cheaper type of deals like Wesley Matthews, and Javon Carter, who John Horst made it seem like it's pretty likely he's going to be back as well. 
Uh, when you look across the league at teams that have their exceptions available to use, there's a couple of teams that really stand out to you of, well, this would be a really intriguing fit for PJ Tucker, because I think basically with what we've seen from PJ Tucker and the type of guy he is and, and his services, it's like the five, six best teams in the league are where he makes the most sense. Uh, one that I find really fascinating that you would think, man, it's a really good fit for PJ Tucker is the Dallas Mavericks. And especially in light of what they did, the move last week for uh, Christian Wood. And, and we've talked ad nauseum about Christian Wood's defense deficiencies on the defensive end. PJ Tucker's a guy that can help offset that. And he takes on the bigger matchup and lets, uh, let's Christian Wood roam a little bit, but they just have the biannual available to use. And that's about half as much as the uh, taxpayer mid-level the other teams we mentioned Philly and and obviously they're going to be salivating over him although it doesn't really make quite as much sense to me I know the connection with James Harden but Philly still doesn't feel like they're a PJ Tucker away it seems like there's some more tinkering that needs to be done there um but as crazy as it is to seem I don't think you can rule out a team like the Warriors who do have their taxpayer mid-level PJ Tucker would be a great fit there uh, with the way that they play and how we've seen Draymond Green play. So I think we all agree if we were the GM of the Bucks and we were told, open checkbook here, use this however you want, we don't care how much we pay in the tax, I'm using it to bring back P.J. Tucker because of the fit and the age questions aside, you know how he works with this group. And, and you know, we've talked about this a lot last year. What they really missed was having that guy to play next to Giannis when they played him at the five, and that's what P.J. Tucker did. Uh, but the teams that are going to be his suitors are really good teams. So it's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, if it's teams like we mentioned there with Golden State, especially teams that aren't afraid to sign and spend to win a championship. So we'll see what the future holds for PJ. So, Camille, uh, I guess the, the follow up then, because I, I think we all agree. I mean, you would be silly not to agree. We all watch what he was capable of doing this year, what he did last year with the Bucks. So the fit's great. And you know that he can slot in and they all seem to like each other. So I think that works, which by the way, if PJ Tucker, and I don't think he will, but if he did, I actually just think he's going to sign for more money in Miami. But if he went to yeah. Golden State, him and Draymond would be a, a fascinating <laughs> show to watch throughout the year, particularly because they kind of play the same position. Uh, would they play together? Probably not. So then that would that would just be probably good TV. The other real quick is I do believe Phoenix has both the mid-level and the biannual to be used this offseason. And he talked about it before the finals last year of how Phoenix is basically his home, and that's where he started his career. And if Chris Paul is still there and the group that they have, he makes a lot of sense for the Phoenix Suns too. Wouldn't it be weird to see P.J. Tucker and the Suns after they were the team that they <laughs> – I don't know. It would be strange for me. So, Camille, getting back to my – point that I was going to, or my question I was going to ask you. So he's 37 right now. His birthday's uh, in May. So he'll turn 38 next postseason. And PJ isn't signing for one year. Otherwise, he would have just opted in. So you're going to have to sign him for multiple years, which means you're going to have him on your roster at 39 at a you know pretty decent salary slot. Now, again, we always talk about it. Who cares about the luxury tax? And I certainly don't. We just saw the Warriors win a title and they paid hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever they did, and it's totally fine. But just purely in terms of making it difficult to compete, how concerned are you about a 38, 39-year-old who plays the game pretty hard? I mean, there isn't a lot of room for error in terms of where the cliff may be for P.J. Tucker. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a valid question to ask. We just had a conversation on here last week talking about the Bucks aging pieces yeah. around them, and we were talking about Brooke Lopez being they're, they're, 34. They're just babies. They're babies compared <laughs> to PJ. <laughs> right, right. And the thing with someone like PJ Tucker is that, as Justin mentioned, his skill set is very specialized for contending teams. So you're not getting PJ thinking like, okay, he is going to be a core player for us during the prime of our superstar with Giannis. Like it's more of like we are in a championship window. This is a guy who provides valuable skills to our team on the court. Defensively, he allows us to just completely uh, <laughs> change what we do. And hearing uh, horse comments about how he feels that defense is now to be successful, cannot just play in one way, one style all the time, was really interesting to me. And when you think about that, uh, getting somebody back like a P.J. Tucker who allows you to switch, who allows you to play Giannis at the five, who can just open up so many different doors for you sounds like a piece that the Bucks would be interested in uh, if money really is no object. But that that's really hard to say. Uh, it's easy to say, you know, money is no object when you don't have to spend it. But now that the time has come to, to show that you're willing to go into that tax and how deep you're willing to go into that tax, uh, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I wouldn't be worried about PJ's age in that sense because signing PJ, you, you know what you're getting. It's not something that's meant to be a long-term deal. It, it's really just we're in a window. We're trying to win. You can help us do that. Although one could argue that Bucks had a bigger problem offensively than defensively, but that's a whole different conversation for another day. I still think that PJ is a helpful piece, although he doesn't necessarily get at that offensive piece that we were missing um, in the playoffs. Well, I think uh, to jump in here, the other part is we've seen with Bud the way that they handle all players, really, but the veterans, too, that I wouldn't anticipate, let's say P.J. Tucker is here, I wouldn't anticipate P.J. Tucker is going to be playing 35 minutes a game in the regular season. There's going to be rest built in. He talked about how much he hated that when he joined the Bucks, that he was used to playing much more and and wasn't used to how they kind of ease you into things. So. Uh, that's why it has to be a package deal where it would be we bring back PJ on that taxpayer mid-level and we keep these other guys because it, it can't be okay. We're bringing him back, but it's at the risk of a guy like Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton yeah. that would play some of those minutes in the regular season. It's interesting because Horst, uh, as Camille referenced, he had his media conference the other day. But just in general, when you think about what John Horst has done. Justin, we did the big part a couple of weeks ago, just going through all the moves. And one of the things that um, I've certainly given John Horst credit for is the fact that you know, if he makes a mistake, he generally does something to, to quickly fix that. Now, I will say, if you go back to the PJ Tucker stuff, some people believe certain stories about how all this went down. So it's it's actually not 100% out there clear. I mean, whatever. You, you, can, you can make up your own mind. But when it comes to luxury tax anyway, I've always said, well, it's, Seems a bit silly to to blame the GM because I'm sure the GM just wants to pay everyone and have the best team and win the title and win executive of the year and all these all these things that come with that. So I don't necessarily think that it was John Horse's decision if PJ Tucker wouldn't come back. Although, uh, again, I, I think even 12 months ago, there were some question marks about the age and how much has he got left in the tank. He didn't look great in the regular season when he was with the Bucks, And I looked it up and he played 21 games. The man averaged... Uh, 2.6 points and 2.6 rebounds, uh, I, I think, in, in that time during the regular uh, season. And just for the YouTube watchers, I just got to Camille. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't say something that Camille was so disgusted with that she had to run off. I believe her laptop's about to die, so she will be back. But so I, 
I just think this is the biggest question mark because it's whether or not it's PJ Tucker. The reason why you love PJ is because you already know the fit because you've already seen it. But you've brought it up a couple of times and I just really hope that they bring back Bobby and Pat and use the mid-level yeah. and really have a crack at this. So that, I think if, you know, the, the players will probably be flawed. We've spoken about that in terms of the guys that are available when you're working around the margins, it's difficult. But I think if you're a fan, you really just want to see them spend that money. Absolutely. And especially, I mean, look, the the, the best thing to point to of you got to spend in this league to win a championship is what we just saw with the Warriors. And the amount of money they paid the last two years, knowing there were gap years and we're biding our time until Clay is fully healthy and we get this trio back together on the floor – and Andrew Wiggins that we've kind of injected into this mix. So they paid that tax knowing this is the cost of doing business in the NBA. Steve Ballmer and what the Clippers are doing, if Kawhi comes back and looks good this upcoming season and Paul George as well, that's a team that has a lot of perimeter talent. And Steve Ballmer is paying a lot in luxury tax to keep that team, keep those pieces in place. So you have these owners that have already made the indication of, all right, we'll pay whatever it takes to get to that level. So once you've gotten there, you can't take your foot off the gas and say, okay, well, we have Giannis, we have Chris, and we'll figure the rest of it out because you're seeing other teams start to pass you by or some other teams more than willing to pay whatever it takes to to keep their teams in that mix. So I agree that I think in an ideal world, you retain both of those guys in, in Pat and uh, Bobby and you use – that uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, I don't really have a good feeling one way or another on, on whether or not that'll be the case, though. And, and again, I don't care if it's P.J. Tucker. I would prefer it be P.J. Tucker, but use that on a player that that checks off some of the boxes that we've gone through the last few weeks of here's what this team is really missing and here's what they need. All right, so... Away from P.J. Tucker. And by the way, I'm sure everyone will in the YouTube comments, Twitter, all those types of things. Uh, let us know what you would do with P.J. Would you want him back? Obviously, for sentimental reasons, it would be beautiful to see that guy back. I've seen uh, the Warriors obviously had their parade today, and I've seen a lot of clips of you know, P.J. at the parade, which is, uh, I think, let's just say there was a speech and uh, a performance that everyone will remember for the rest of their PJ lives. after the parade was really the story I of mean, the parade. There was some there was some stuff going on. Let's just say that. Uh, but one player that we do know is going to be on the roster, Tanasis is going to be back. He's exercised his $1.88 million player option for the 2022-23 season. That was uh, Hoops Hype there that had that scoop there. Uh, look, from 1 to 10... <laughs> Level of surprise that Thanasis will be back with the Bucks next year. Um, how far down can I go? Could you say negative twenty-five? Uh, we all we knew this was inevitable. I think the only uh, question which uh, you guys had kind of mentioned before the taping was: Does he opt in or does he opt out and then signs you know a one plus one or a multi-year to, to remain here on that minimum level? So I'm not stunned that he's here. I guess I am. Uh, moderately surprised it was just opting in versus opting out and signing a new two or three year uh, extension to, to remain here with his brother. But we all know Thanasis is going to be with the Bucks for as long as Giannis is. I don't know the numbers behind this, uh, but 
I wonder if there is a brother combination that plays any type of uh, professional sports that there is a bigger gap in salary between Thanasis at 1.8 million and Giannis at, I don't know what he's at next year, 45, is he? Something around that. I mean, I would assume we've seen some of it recently with, um, what was Blake Griffin's brother who played for the Suns? Blake Griffin entering the league and then Mm. his brother. Uh, If you go back in the 80s, Jose Canseco and Ozzy Canseco, I'm sure there was quite a disparity there. But yes, present day, I can't think of anything close to Giannis and Thanasis. Well, Giannis at the time was the richest NBA contract. Is that, Has that been passed yet? I'm not sure. There's the crazy money going out there. I don't know whether that's. Uh, I don't know whether that record still stands. But when you see something like Jimmy Butler earning 52 million in 2026 or whatever it is, I mean, there is uh, there is some crazy money out there. But uh, Thanasis, I mean, we knew that he was going to take up a, a roster spot, Camille, as you're back, and I'm sorry you're up the top of the screen, but you left us for three <laughs> minutes. Now you're down the bottom. Thanasis is back. We feel good about this. I mean, uh, from all indications outside of the fact that he is Giannis's brother, uh, we do, I mean, hear that he is just a great teammate for the Bucks. He's the energy. We always see him during every game. He's the guy who's going to be on the bench. He's going to be up. He's going to be cheering. He's going to be screaming. He's going to be doing everything that you could ask for a, a solid bench guy to be doing, which is bringing energy, even without stepping foot on the court. Um, so, I mean, I guess you can't really quantify something like what that role means, especially with what he also is to Giannis. Um, so being able to, to have him around and, and keeping our superstar happy and, and being someone to help hype the team up, I'm not mad at it. I'm, of course, as you both mentioned, not surprised that he's resigned in Milwaukee. I expect for him to be in Milwaukee as long as Giannis is, but, uh, I'm, I'm here for some more, uh, the nasty minutes during the regular season. Well, the family aspect is real, and it's just really interesting. And I saw uh, going back uh, a few months ago when the Bucks were still playing and Thanasis would get sort of spot minutes here or there, there was always the odd uh, fan, Bucks fan, probably a Greek fan, so they're interested in seeing what he can do. Uh, there was questions that if, you're a, if you are Thanasis, at what point do you say, I kind of actually want to play? And it is interesting that he hasn't got to that point in multiple years here, but again... Uh, as you pointed to, the family, the family stuff is obviously a huge uh, pull. And if you're the Bucks, I think you're, uh, I think you're pretty happy to have him back. The last one I wanted to hit before we uh, wrap up <laughs> today's show: Kyrie Irving and the Nets are at an impasse in conversations about his future in Brooklyn, clearing the way for the seven-time All-Star to consider the open market. The Lakers and the Knicks are expected to emerge among potential suitors the knicks would be hilarious wouldn't it wouldn't it of be course. and not only would it be hilarious it would be great sign me up for Kyrie playing for the knicks they're playing the nets next year kevin durant apparently he's not talking to the nets either uh, it's just disastrous stuff justin but what what's going to happen well the knicks are also the only option of those two teams listed like i don't understand how the lakers enter these conversations every single year it's not possible unless Kyrie Irving, which we all know he's not going to, unless he's willing to play for the veterans minimum, there is no way he can land in Los Angeles. Even a sign and trade makes it nearly impossible hard capping you. So yeah, it's great that you can throw out the Lakers have emerged, but it's not going to happen. When I saw this, I was moderately surprised because we knew, well, 
this doesn't seem like it's working here. And it, it feels like they got to do something when you saw the way that they ended the season and the Kyrie part-time player saga that went on throughout the year. But in the back of your mind, you, you always kind of said, this was a package deal and right or wrong, for whatever reason, Kevin Durant believes in Kyrie Irving and wants to play with him. So I assumed he'll be back and they'll do some tinkering on the margins. But if something actually happens here where there really is an impasse and, and the Nets are saying, we don't feel comfortable giving you a max, let alone multi-year extension, boy, you talk about what happened to the Brooklyn Nets in a span of two or so years because there's no plan B for that team. And we, we can joke about the situation cap-wise that the uh, Lakers are in. The Nets are in the same spot, if not worse, with their cap situation. So it's not as though they can say, well, Kyrie, he's not a good fit. We'll bring this guy in instead. They don't have the financial flexibility. So if Kyrie, Kyrie legitimately decides, I'm done, I don't want to be there, you don't want me there, man, like you go from hating Kevin Durant for joining all these super teams to all of a sudden feeling bad for him of, I can't believe you attached your wagon to this guy, and now look what it's gotten you. Camille, how upset will you be as a basketball fan if you are robbed of the opportunity of watching the all-Australian-born guard <laughs> rotation of Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Patty Mills? Um, probably not as upset as you would be in this situation, <laughs> but um, the idea that 7-Eleven is already closing, possibly closing, <laughs> I thought it never closed. Uh, yeah, it, well, it might be in but Brooklyn. It, it wasn't open that much last year. <laughs> it's like the laziest convenience store I've ever seen in my life. Staffing issues, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's just to think of where the Nets were. You I mean you, you had Kyrie come aboard, and you knew it was because Kevin Durant was coming. Kevin Durant gets there and he has the, the 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 season where he's injured and it's just Kyrie and then you get them both there and then they get James Harden. It's like, oh my God, we have a super team. Who's going to beat us? And then that completely falls apart with James Harden wanting his way out because of the passive aggressive nature from all reports that James Harden embodies and didn't really like how Kyrie was being a part-time player and all this. So he's gone. And then to think that Kyrie could be gone. And then the next question would just become, well, when does KD want out? <laughs> like, I can see the narrative shifting that quickly already because I feel like that's where it would go. Like, well, now what's KD going to do? Like, is he going to try to force his way out since he just signed uh, a long contract with the Nets, which I think takes him through like 2026 or 2025 or somewhere around there. So it's it comes quick, which is, again, why uh, every time that you're in a position to win when you, when you make those runs, like, you just have to take each one and appreciate it as it is, like, uh, what the Bucks were able to do winning a championship now two seasons ago, I'll never take that for granted because so many things had to break right with our own team's health, getting PJ, having the right – like it just all had to break well, and you never know how long a window is. So uh, my heart goes out to Nets fans if, if this does dissolve this quickly because, man, what a roller coaster of emotions that has to be. KD uh, is, is there through 26, and Ben Simmons through 25 too, so that's – $95 million on their books for the next three to four years. And that's, that to me, the last thing on the Nets, since everybody wants to talk about them, that's the most surprising thing all along was when KD agreed to the extension without those other guys in place that you were putting a lot of faith 
in one or both of them to sign and things get worked out there that the way we've seen not just LeBron, but all superstars handle that and keep their flexibility to see Kevin Durant immediately go without it was, was the most surprising thing to me. And now all of a sudden it looks like it could come back to bite him. Yeah. I love KD. I've said this before. I like that. He just is always chirping back at people. Like I, I would never tweet at that man just in case <laughs> to be clear. Uh, but I love him, but they ha- and, and again, he doesn't have to prove anything. You know, he's done it all, but there has to be some part of him just thinking, man, last year or 18 months ago, not only because they look so good. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, they looked they just unbeatable. Looked, yeah. no, it, it was a joke how good they look. So uh, you, know, you have a few injuries in that postseason run and we can all acknowledge it. That helped the Bucks a lot. And the Bucks win a title. The Nets are never the same. They just they just never come back from there. So uh, uh, to your point, Camille, things can uh, really derail pretty quickly. There's no doubt about that. Uh, by the way, the first picks of the ultimate NBA mock draft have been made. Uh, I believe they were putting the ultimate mock draft in the Locked On Bucks feed. So if you subscribe, you probably would have seen uh, a notification for that one. But you can search now for the ultimate NBA mock draft and get over 15, 50 insiders, the Odyssey Sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board, and uh, the five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. So make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. I've said it. My pick's in. I don't think it's going to be a very popular pick. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. In fact, it was a guy that we didn't even discuss on any of our prospect watches that I ended up picking. We did do it a couple of weeks ago. I probably would change my mind now, but sometimes you just gotta you just gotta roll with it and you just gotta stick with it. So listen to the ultimate NBA mock draft and then send your criticism my way. I will absolutely appreciate it. Uh, Camille, I'm glad you're able to come back with us. And I just want to say it's now 10:15 uh, p.m. Central Time. <laughs> I had I had to bump this podcast back 30 minutes, and you were concerned that you weren't actually going to be able to stay awake. So when you left, I definitely thought maybe you just went to bed. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's funny. I, I noticed that too. Uh, Justin has had a big water bottle and I had the water. And when I was running around trying to find my charger, it got really hot because I was like, oh my God, where did I put my put my charger at? I know it's around here somewhere. But again, it's, it's very hot in, in Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> let's see, is it still over 90 degrees right now? It's, it's, it's just, yes. Uh, no, it's 81 now. So um, it's been another hot day, another one coming tomorrow. So I think that's part of why the energy is being zapped. I, I was outside a little bit earlier, probably doing a little bit too much. <laughs> well, And it was, it was time to lay down. It's a cool, crisp 50 degrees in uh, Melbourne mm. right now. So I'm going to go outside. Let's take it all in. Said, uh, I see tra- the, the hoodie. Yeah, I get a hoodie on. Yeah, I was trapped inside. Uh, this guy's painting. Anyway, it's a long story. No one needs to hear it, but uh, I'm, I've, I've got my freedom back, so I'm going to head outside. Uh, Justin, so just final, finally, live draft possibility. What What's your show, by the way? We should get you to plug that. Oh, we are doing uh, a draft show. I should know the name of it, but it's uh, we'll just call it the NBA draft show, and it's going to be on uh, WTMJ, our ESPN affiliates in Milwaukee and Madison as well. It's me and Ben Brust. I think we are scheduled to have appearances from uh, people that have coached or know 
Justin uh, Lewis, Johnny Davis, and Patrick Baldwin. So uh, we certainly have a lot of interest in what the Bucks are doing, but also this is the first time that we've had three local kids or at least ties to local schools that are going to go possibly in the first round or close to it. Yes. Uh, the Milwaukee Panthers, uh, it's probably a bit hard to say, but i got a Milwaukee Panthers uh, bubblehead behind me. Uh, what a juggernaut of a school that is. So we'll see where he goes. A few people <laughs> suggested a few people suggested potentially he would uh, yeah, be an option for the Bucs. I'm sure he's still going to be on the board at that time. But we'll see what the Bucs do. We're going to continue to go through uh, the draft stuff through the week. Matt Babcock, I'm going to catch up with him tomorrow. We'll be talking draft. He certainly knows a lot more about it than I do. So it'll be good to have some expertise finally on the pod. Uh, alongside me no offense to you two uh so stick with us through the week only a couple of days now until the nba draft and i think frank mentioned it the other day but it's actually unusually exciting i'm excited for the draft i'm, I'm anticipating what the bucks are going to do it's been a while uh since we've had that feeling so like i said stick with us through the week Neil, justin myself catch you guys tomorrow